Hannah Bar Zachariah here. You know me as John the Baptist. Like the rest of my friends in the wilderness, I dressed simply. The camel hair coat only for winter when strong winds make it really cold. I wasn't a loner. You probably didn't know I was part of a community out there. Rejecting that corrupt Jerusalem society, all of us made a pact to follow ritually pure diet. But the only thing your writers noted was the weird stuff. In season, we did bake locusts, crunchy but good protein, and delicious dipped in honey. We had a good time, lots of laughter and joy. I was more thoughtful than angry. Flies and people are more attracted to honey than vinegar, yes? Anyway, I was not as austere as your Christian writers made me up to be. Hindsight transforms event into meaning. So look back with me. Example. Sephorus was a big Roman city just south of little bitty Nazareth. On the road down from the Golan, some jokester had erected a sign, Nazareth, gateway to Sephorus. And I thought, how would you like to be a gateway to somewhere else? But your history demoted me that way, denigrated me to a gateway for Jesus. Fact is, I had my own following. Luke nicely incorporating writings from my community into his first chapter, using stories of my conception and birth to introduce Jesus' birth, both legendary or theological, as scholars call it. But that's what happens with time. I was a PK, a priest kid. My mother was Elizabeth, my father, Zachariah, a priest of Abiyah. My father is Yahweh, section of the temple. I was born in Judea on the edge of the wilderness, and I loved it out there. It's sparse, so most don't realize the wilderness of Judea, still there today, was not only a place of refuge, it was the center of religious hope, symbolized the wilderness where God tented with his people 40 years before bringing them into the promised land. And tradition has it that it was from there the Messiah would come. With strict obedience to everything revealed by the prophets and studying the law, all of us out there were preparing the way for the Lord's coming, the advanced troops purifying the land, and it needed it. The promised land was occupied by Roman legions. We would spit on the fact that the chief priests in the temple were traitors, had no king but Caesar. They'd sold their birthright for power. The sons of Abraham disinherited. Now, being a priest, my dad read a lot from Torah and the prophets. And back then, we didn't know you could read silently to yourself. Every word was spoken aloud, so I knew scripture very well, absorbed it. 
My dad especially loved the words of the prophet Isaiah. So you can see why one passage caught my ear. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I thought to myself, I believe that. I can do that. Remember, the wilderness was a comfortable place for me. I felt at home there. So that's where I began. Elijah was my model, my hero. All of us expected him to return and usher in the age of the Messiah. So, like Elijah, I began. Repent. Turn around. Reorient yourself to God. Why? To prepare the way of the Lord. And because the kingdom of heaven has come near, God's judgment is near too. So the need to turn from your old life. It wasn't just to feel guilty. It was to do something positive. Full of hope. I was loud, but not angry. In the stories, that doesn't come across. Jesus took up my theme and ran with it. So technically, I was a forerunner. Just don't call me a gateway. People started coming from all over telling me in private the specific thing they'd done wrong, wanting to make it right. The depth of the Jordan River came to my waist, so right in the middle of the wilderness, I began baptizing people, pouring water over their heads. This wasn't the private purifying bath of the mikvah. This was a public decoration, a turnaround moment. My ethical teachings were simply the core of Hebrew tradition. But not everyone, especially the higher-ups with power, appreciated it. That's why it really ticked me off to see Pharisees and Sadducees walking up all pious. Brood of vipers, I yelled at them. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Professional religious people gave me a pain. So self-righteous. It's simple, I'd tell people when they ask. Share your food and clothes with those that don't have any. And the soldiers who showed up, don't take advantage of helpless people. As you can imagine, people would tense up and really get quiet, just look down when they saw soldiers coming up. But when those men would step up to confess and be baptized, there would be instant relief and acceptance. A lot of hugs, sometimes tears. Incredible to see and feel the change. Like my Essene friends, I preached against a society with inequality of wealth, oppressive taxation, and abuse of power. Not just by the Romans, but by fellow Hebrews. My message was about righteousness, what you call integrity, doing what is right. The trouble is, my movement started to grow. That really alarmed authorities. I think they confused my followers and me with political zealots trying to overthrow the government. No way. We were just trying to bring in the kingdom. But authorities saw this as political challenge. Now, about Jesus. Actually, if you want to be correct, his name was Joshua. Yeshua. Yes, I baptized him. It was not a big deal at the time, and neither was he. 
But something in his eyes told me it meant something. And he stayed on in the wilderness a long time. Remember, it's also a place where people wrestle with the devil. They say that's why it's so barren. It may come as a surprise that Jesus and I didn't know each other then. We're not related, certainly not cousins. That notion came from political negotiations later on, when our two groups more or less coalesced, agreeing to make me the final prophet and Jesus the Messiah. A real sticking point, because a lot of people thought I was. Some still do. Now comes the gateway mischief, at least from my perspective. No one ever recorded it, but Mark has me say, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. Excuse me, never said it. Part of their negotiations. Oh well. When I dared criticize Herod for marrying his brother's wife, he had me thrown in prison far away from my beloved wilderness and my bunch. But even locked up, I was able to keep in contact with Jesus and his followers. Through them, I flat out asked, are you the one who is to come or are we to await for another? I'll never forget. Jesus sent word. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. I figured if it was good enough for Isaiah, it's good enough for me. So I faced my death unafraid. The kingdom was on its way.